1: This is Off Topic, Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Seasons Podcast. I'm Demas Leary.
2: I'm Broderick Gordas. And I'm Paul Mitzi. My mum and my dad, they had sex. It's amazing. Do you understand? I'm here. Off Topic, Hot Topic. Ah, That's whatever you were talking about for you.
3: In case you don't know, Off Topic Hot Topic is where we talk about the headlines of the TV and entertainment world and discuss the stuff we've been watching, reading, playing, and generally consuming. You should also know that we love getting topic suggestions from our listeners. If you'd like to contribute a question, topic, or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at huntingscast. Before we start, though, Paul Mitzi,
2: uh, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
4: Oh, no.
3: <laughs> our pleasure.
2: How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I'm on a month leave from work at the moment, so uh, a lot of free time to watch stuff.
3: Oh, very good. You'll Mm. have a long what you've been watching segment for us. Yes, apologies. Uh, What have you been doing with your free time? Travelling around the world, I imagine, you know, (laughs) seeing the sights.
2: Yes, yes. um, Unmasked, coughing everyone's faces. No, um, (laughs) I'm actually uh, redoing my bathroom at the moment. um, What? Which? uh, So, not personally, like I'm overseeing it. But, um, right. yeah, so they've had to rip off, like, rip up the entire floor and do the plumbing again. So I've got six weeks of no shower in my house. Oh. So, um, yeah, so basically my time has been spent um, finding showers at other places. Thank God we're uh, not doing this in person then. Yeah.
3: <laughs> this, this is funny. This is what COVID has done to us, though. On my spare time, I had a couple of weeks off recently. I'm going to be spending a week, hopefully, in WA in June,
4: Woo-hoo. the
3: government permitting. Um, but it's like when I had some time off in the year, I would have gone overseas, I would have traveled. And now I'm sitting here going, do I need to spend this time like thinking about getting married or maybe thinking about having kids or something like that? Because who knows when <laughs> I'm going to travel again? I plan to have at least a couple more trips overseas before starting a family. And now it's like, I'm just wasting my time just sitting here doing nothing. Should I be doing that? <laughs> Fucking hate this Don't do it Don't do it
1: I'm not sure it's something You should do Just because You can't think of anything else to do
3: (laughs) (laughs) Not not as a boredom buster More like It was always the plan But there was meant to be A few things before that Yeah And now it's like Well If we're not doing those things Because we can't I suppose that's the next thing On the list (laughs) Anyway We'll see how we go. Uh, let's get into... Well, before we do headlines, I do want to give one correction. Last time we did an off-topic hot topic, we talked about Justin Roiland's animated series Solar Opposites, which is now on Disney+. Plus. We thought it was new, like it was brand new. It was starting on Disney+, Plus on that Star channel when it arrived. It's not new. It's been... Uh, it's a Hulu original that started in 2020, but it was weirdly being released, I believe, on Disney+, Plus in Australia, week by week, which is what made us think that it was...
2: It's still mm. it's still actually being released week by week, even though the full season two is
1: already out in America.
3: Okay, so that's what I was going to say. Season yeah. two is, being re- is out, but the full thing's been released in the States, and we're getting that week by week as well. Right, yeah. so, this is
1: absolute madness. What kind yeah. of world are we living in? <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can see how this was a little bit confusing, and I apologize mm. for getting that wrong. Uh, so let's get into some headlines, starting with just some major announcements I want to talk about. The biggest news of all. Denied her God-given right to give Liz McGu- get Lizzie McGuire laid on screen, Hilary Duff is headed to Hulu to star in How I Met Your Father, a spin-off slash sequel series to the <laughs> overly drawn-out and poorly aged How I Met Your Mother. Uh, first of all, are you guys fans of the original How Much Mother?
2: I no. started watching it when it first came out, like out of, I don't know, I was a huge Buffy fan and Alison Hannigan was in it, so I was like, I've got to give it a go, and then I... Probably gave up halfway through the first season. Mm. The
3: first season? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Amen to that. Yeah, I I just didn't like it very much. Fucking hate Ted Mosby. (laughs) Um, I think Neil Patrick Harris is very talented, as are a lot of the other people on the cast. But I just found it, I don't know, annoying, I guess. Mm.
3: I, I was a big fan of it for a long time. I think it was hitting me. It was probably a teenager or mm, late Classic teens. Ted.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: totally. And, but it became insufferable to the point where I don't think I watched the last couple of seasons. So I was following along for a long time mm-hmm. and then just like, this show is just delaying the inevitable here. What the fuck, guys? Mm-hmm. Um, and so just gave up ultimately. I think I came back for like the finale and was like, that wasn't worth it. Uh, so <laughs> as Hillary Duff, big Hillary Duff stands. the mm-hmm. both of you, how do you feel about this news?
2: Look, I... The only time I ever watched Two and a Half Men was the episode that Hilary Duff was in. The only time I ever watched Ghost Whisperer was the time she was in it. Only time I ever watched Law and Order SVU was the time that she was on mm. it. So I'm going to be watching this show. Like if yeah. I can watch some of the worst TV on TV for her, <laughs> I, I mean,
3: Upload for instance, <laughs> uh, those sorts of shows. Yeah. No,
2: no, I think you got it confused at the best. But um, uh, you know, I think this has potential. Um. I'm hoping it's not a traditional laugh track sitcom like the original. Maybe they'll Mm. change that up since it's, like, only a 10-episode series. It sounds like it might be a different format. Um, It has potential. And, like, she's just got so much charisma. Like, I'm sure she will make it at least watchable.
1: (laughs) Mm, Amen. Yeah, I mean, like Paul, I would always tune in for a very special Hillary Duff episode of whatever show she was on. Um, I remember she was in Gossip Girl for a little bit, so I tuned in for Gossip Mm -hmm. Girl just simply for her.
3: She has an episode Um, of Community as well.
1: Yeah, Community, (laughs) so I was already watching that. She's also in like, I think it was Joan of Arcadia, things like that, Mm -hmm. so I would jump in. So I'll definitely watch it. Um, There's also the hope that perhaps this is her work around disney to make the lizzie mcguire show that she wanted just with a different kind of title um but yeah if it is just kind of that laugh track classic sitcom thing which i find so fucking jarring Mm. that's going to be difficult but i'll do anything for hillary so you know i'll do what i have to do
3: that's one of the interesting things about who's making this though it is hulu and Hulu hmm. are now owned by Disney, so Disney have gone. No, no, you can't make the Lizzie McGuire show on Disney Plus, but you can make it under the our uh, show, that's you know it's theoretically going to be more mature, on within our production companies, and it's go on Disney Plus via Hulu or Star or whatever, and you, you you can get it that way. So I wonder if there was some negotiation here to make this happen. And it's interesting too, because how I met your father has been long in development. I mean, basically, since How Much Your Mother ended, there was talk about making this show. I believe Greta Gerwig was attached to Star at one point, and that never mm. happened. Um, it's also interesting, this has gone straight to order. So it's not that they're doing a pilot. It's done and dusted. They're attached to the Reduff, and they're going ahead and making that first season, as you said, of 10 episodes, Paul. So this is happening. Look forward to that probably by the end of the year, start next year, I'd imagine.
1: Can't wait for us all to review it.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, yeah, okay. I've locked that one in now, I think. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's booked that's, in, don't you I'm, worry. Yeah, that's happening.
2: I, I've
1: demanded it.
3: <laughs> uh, Tyker Waititi has been announced to be executive producing and directing a pilot. Uh, and then uh, the whole series, I believe, is going ahead. But He's playing Blackbeard and HBO Max pirate comedy series, Our Flag Means Death. We're pretty big Taika fans here on Hunting Seasons. Uh, just on the surface, how does this sound to you guys?
1: I'm into it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds good. I think of, you know, what we do in The Shadows and how that's just a comedy vampire show. Mm -hmm. I can certainly imagine a pirate version like that. It it makes sense to me. I very much enjoy his sense of humor. Yeah, I think it's something that I'll most likely enjoy unless they really fuck it up.
2: Yeah, it does sound like it's right in his wheelhouse. Like it doesn't sound like a stretch at all.
3: Uh, the de- details include that will be starring Reese Darby as Sted Bonnet, an aristocrat who leaves his lavish life to become a pirate. Uh, Waititi's black beard is described as a legend, a lover, a fighter, a tactical genius, a poetic soul, and quite possibly insane. So not really a stretch <laughs> for Taika, I think, as well, in terms mm. of his acting abilities. Speaking of Taika Waititi, Wait- Wait- Waititi? there we go.
1: Far out, bro. (laughs) Sorry.
3: I mean, listen, I'll just keep coming back to that lovable droid name. Uh, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, New Zealand's spin-off series, Wellington Paranormals, third season has recently premiered and I believe is now available or about to be available in the US via the CW and HBO and in the UK via Sky for the first time, which I've watched a bit of season one. At one point, we were talking about reviewing it for the show as well. And Mm. if you're a fan of What We Do in the Shadows, the original movie, if you're a fan of What We Do in the Shadows, the US – sitcom or tv show comedy uh, i definitely recommend giving it a watch uh, it's the same two police officers that feature in the middle of the movie um they mm. come to investigate the house mm. and then they have to sort of trick them into not realizing they're vampires it's quite a bit of fun have you guys can watched you any of that
2: no where can you watch it in australia
1: sbs, SBS. i believe yeah, yeah okay. i've watched everything that's available on sbs which i think is till the end of season two right and so it's season- very very good
3: uh, NBC have greenlit a new Law & Order spin-off series, Law & Order for the Defence. Now, this is newsworthy, mostly because Law & Order have always been focused on the side of the state, aka the cops, detectives, and prosecution lawyers. So this is the first time they've switched to the other side of the courtroom, basically. Does this excite you guys at all? Are you interested in Law & Order stuff?
1: No. No. Okay. <laughs>
3: Moving right along, then. <laughs> Also announced this week, Elizabeth Banks is set to star as an older Pebbles Flintstone in an adult animated comedy, uh, Flintstone sequel series, Bedrock. The description is, Bedrock will follow the Flintstones family two decades after the original, with Fred on the brink of retirement and 20-something Pebbles embarking on her own career. As the Stone Age gives way to the shiny and enlightened New Bronze Age, the residents of Bedrock will find this evolution harder than a swing from Bam Bam's club. Uh, So, (laughs) that's the official description. Obviously. I feel
1: like I'm in a parody of my own reality sometimes. <laughs> How know? do you like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, see, interesting.
3: Well, it's interesting because we, we talked about this last time we're on. I think we're talking about Mindy Kaling is set to star in this Velma see- a prequel series, mm. right? Uh, to Scooby-Doo, which is meant to be an adult comedy as well. Mm-hmm. We talked, well, there's hope in this idea because we saw what they did with Harley Quinn.
4: Mm. Season
3: two is still not available in Australia, if that show, it's as far as I'm aware, bullshit. which is driving me insane. Um, and again, there's something about this idea that makes me go, if it's an adult comedy, we're sort of living through a golden age of adult comedies at the moment as well, I think. Animated comedies, I should say. Um, maybe there's something to this. So is this animated or live action? It is animated, yes. So okay. Elizabeth Banks is doing the voice of this older version of Pebbles. I don't think anyone else has been cast at this stage.
4: Hmm. <laughs>
1: Silence.
3: That's, that's kind of it. It's like, yeah. it's hard to get excited about that announcement. I can sort of see the potential. I can also see it lasting one season, no one gives a shit, and it disappears. Who really cares? About I mean, the it's Flintstones? hard.
1: Yeah, it's hard because I was never really a fan of the Flintstones even growing up. I think I really enjoyed the live action films, but simply just because as a kid, it looked so cool. The production Um,
2: design in mm. the original Flintstones movie is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, like
2: those sets are, are like all practical. And all those dinosaurs are practical and they look amazing.
3: Yeah, it is actually I've rewatched it in the last couple of years, or at least it was on TV. I watched the majority. I was like, this is this holds up in a lot of ways, some reason. (laughs) It's like fits into the same category as like the Super Mario Brothers movie and like when they were cashing in on those sorts of like nostalgia things. Mm -hmm. But and like the Brady Bunch, it kind of stands next to the Brady Bunch movie. It's like this is that old TV show people, people used to watch. Let's take a bit of a dig at that, but also update it. And it's it's not half bad. But Has The Flintstones been relevant since then?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of straight-to-TV movies and stuff, Mm. but, yeah, like, I don't think it's, you know, anything anyone actually gives a shit about.
3: Because I feel like the difference with, like, the Velma TV show is that... Scooby-Doo has somehow remained relevant. There's been multiple different cartoon series, mm-hmm. plus the movies. There was an animated movie that came out last year, I believe. Like, mm-hmm. somehow that stuck around. I don't think I've thought about the Flintstones in years.
1: Anyway. I can't wait for the Flintstone stands to come out. Come for us after this episode. It's gonna be well, full
3: this, on. This will happen, and they'll spin off with the Jetsons, and then mm. on and on it goes. Uh, finally, a second Downtown Abbey movie is slated to release in cinemas this Christmas. Were you guys fans of Downtown Downtown Abbey at all? Downtown Abbey.
2: Yeah, never I never watched that show.
4: Yeah, I never watched it. it. No, nah.
2: no. I know, like I- all my friends and my parents love it, but I never, I never got into it. I'm I sure I'd I like it if first I
1: watched it. Two seasons. And then I forgot about it, I think. I forgot that they made the first movie. When yeah. you said second, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay, that happened." I don't know. I didn't really care about it after. Or maybe I didn't even finished the first i don't know i don't remember and don't particularly care does that answer your question i guess
3: i bring it up because there was a period where downton abbey seemed to be the thing Mm -hmm. like probably pre-game of thrones that was like the show that everyone was talking about yeah that it had a a massive presence in culture and so the fact it's getting a second movie i'm sure is exciting for somebody just not the three of us apparently (laughs) on the, in the renewal news, Young Sheldon, which is apparently the most watched comedy on TV, I found out this week, <laughs> Ugh. has been renewed for three more seasons on CBS. So this will be on air until 2024 at least. Have you guys watched any of Young Sheldon?
2: Just the promos. Yeah. <laughs> that was enough.
3: I, 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 went, I went on a slight YouTube sort of search for just some clips of some recent episodes to see what they were doing. It looks thoroughly average, which is probably yeah. why it's so popular. I think I just-
1: recently uh, Brod and I tried to think of like a good show from CBS and we could not think of one. Paul, can you think of like a really good show from CBS?
2: Fuck, not off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Particularly not their comedies. Like, their comedies have such a vibe to them that yeah. makes me feel angry. I don't know what it is. Angry. Wow. <laughs> I, I think it's the lighting and, yeah, it's, it's something about it that just irks me.
2: I remember one of my friends uh, was like adamant that Big Bang Theory was a good show and he just mm. kept harping on about it. And, you know, I eventually gave in. I'm mu- like, okay. Give me your copy of season 1 on DVD. This is back then, and mm-hmm. I'll I will give it a go. And I actually watched the entire first season of The Big Bang Theory. I gave the entire season a go, mm-hmm. got to the end, realized I had not laughed once. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, I can confidently say I don't like the show. I gave it as much of a chance as I mm-hmm. as I possibly could, and yeah, I have zero interest in any spin-offs or anything involved with it. So, yeah.
3: I just want to know at what point is young Sheldon no longer young Sheldon and just Sheldon? How many seasons <laughs> does it have to be until I oh, like, do we get teen Sheldon? Do we get emo Sheldon? I'd like <laughs> well, to has you know he how said Bazinga
1: yet? Because I feel like if I was the writers, that would be the big moment in the finale when he finally comes up with, you know, his classic catchphrase of Bazinga. <laughs> that would be I'd my. Buy-
3: I believe that's sort of how the finale of the Big Bang Theory ended. It was like the elevator that was always broken in their apartment building finally right. worked. That was like the moment. Oh, the show must be over because it's finally working, the elevator. Oh my um, <laughs> Netflix has renewed Bridgerton for seasons three and four, even though season two <laughs> hasn't released yet. Uh, and in related news, actor Reggie Jean Page uh, will not return for season two.
1: I believe he was mm. a bit of a
3: fan favorite. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the show, so no idea. Mm-hmm. You yeah. watched Bridgerton, didn't you, Damask?
1: I did. I hated it. I believe Paul really liked it, though, so <laughs> uh, I don't want to go uh, in too hard. What's new
2: there? <laughs> look, look, you are completely right that you need to love cock to love yeah. the show. If Thank you don't you. love cock, then don't even bother <laughs> <laughs> so and i love cock so i loved yeah. it <laughs> it's a simple i equation. want
1: that on their posters please
3: <laughs> if you love cock you'll love yeah. bridgetown amazon's <laughs> animated superhero series invincible has re- been renewed for two more seasons i think we're gonna have to review this one pretty soon season one damask oh well, are because i finished it things.
1: the other day and i fucking loved it so okay, excellent Yes, we're definitely going to review it. So, for those that want to catch up, start watching Invincible now. It's not that long. It's like 10 episodes. It's very, 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 very good. It's on Amazon Prime.
2: Yeah, I'm halfway through the first season. I'm enjoying it as well. So,
3: Uh, Without spoiling anything, are you excited for the idea of a season two and three? Do you think there's plenty of
1: places to go there? Um, I don't think... Well, because I was worried. I was like, I wonder if it is going to get a season two. Because the way they, they did it so well that you probably don't necessarily need it, but there's heaps there that you can absolutely continue on with. So I'm excited that they have that opportunity because there's so much to explore and I did really want to know what the next stages were. So yeah, I'm super excited about that.
3: Awesome. On the cancellation front, CBS's, speaking of CBS, MacGyver reboot has been cancelled after five seasons. Mostly I'm just in shock it had five seasons. I remember talking about (laughs) that we're going to reboot MacGyver and then finding out that it's had five seasons kind of blows my mind. Mm. Just has no cultural impact, these things. Uh, And also in much bigger news, and this happened like right after we did our last off-topic, hot-topic, Damascus, which is very annoying. American Gods has been cancelled after its recently concluded third season you would all remember the ridiculous drama that was going on behind the scenes. The original mm-hmm. showrunners, run- Brian Fuller being one of them, uh, they got booted from the show or left the show after season one. They had to replace mm-hmm. the showrunner for season two. That went extremely poorly. They got another showrunner for season three. Actors were leaving the show with claims of like racism and um, all sorts of things going on behind the scenes. It's a miracle, American Gods, a miracle that... <laughs> it got to season three at all. It should have been cancelled after season one, I think. Yeah, agree. Um, and there is still somehow this talk of a long shot TV movie to close up the story, but I fucking wouldn't hold Please your
1: breath. Please no. Please <laughs> no. Yeah, it's not surprising that they've cancelled that. I just don't think Neil Gaiman stuff works in translation except for the incredible, I think it's called Stardust, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Everything else Stardust, is just kind yeah. of like not quite right. Yeah.
3: I think when I've appreciated Neil Gaiman the most is when he's like written for Doctor Who, when he brings his mm. talent to an existing thing, yeah. and then you know does Neil Gaiman story and then moves on. Yeah, yeah, I can. It's interesting because there's a lot of Neil Gaiman stuff that's in production too that's coming out. We've got this Sandman series on the way. Mm. There's always talk that there might be another series of Good Omens, as sort of a sequel to the original se- the series and the original book. Like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how well it's all working. Are you a fan of his stuff, Paul?
2: Yeah, I've, I read Good Omens, um, and I'm completely blanking on the name of the other book I read that was also turned into a really successful play. Um, House at the end of the lane, something like that.
1: Oh, the ocean uh, at the end of the something, where the th- something yeah, else happens. Yeah, or which whatever. was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, I've liked what I've I've experienced of his stuff. So um, American Gods, I gave up in season two though. As yeah, yeah. did way Good job. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. And oh, the funny thing is, I've actually heard pretty good things about season three. But the problem is, you squander your goodwill with a trash- Season one was hard enough. Season mm. two was trash. People aren't coming back for season three. Yeah. We personify that. Some premiere date news. Rick and Morty season five will premiere on June 20th. I'm looking forward to that. I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, yes, yes, still Still, yes. last season was still a lot of fun. I think plenty of room for more of that. Tuca and Birdie. Which had been saved after being cancelled by Netflix after only one season, returns for its second season, this time on Adult Swim on June 13th. What did you think of Tuca and Birdie Damask? Did you watch all of season one?
1: I can't remember if I finished it or not. I gave it a good crack though, I remember that. Because I watched the first episode and I was like, not for me. But then once it was cancelled, I felt really bad people like, you know, (laughs) people people should have watched it. I was like, fuck, what have I what have I missed here? So I gave it a really good crack. I I must have been missing something. I didn't connect with it sure, in any way. I didn't find it particularly funny. Um, so it wasn't for me, but apparently it was amazing and quite loved. But yeah, not for me.
3: Paul, did you watch that? No, I didn't. I'm happy for the creators and fans of the show. They're getting a second season. So that's yeah. on June 13th on Adult Swim. Uh, Mindy Kaling created series Never Have I Ever returns to Netflix this July. Mm-hmm. That ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. We had yes. very controversial and different thoughts on how that season mm-hmm. ended, to
1: mask. Oh my! I can't believe we debated so full on about the ending of Never Have I Ever. <laughs> like, I did not see that coming. Um, but, yeah, for those that are interested... You can certainly listen to that episode of the podcast because it's <laughs> a real twist at the end there where Broad and I get very passionate. Mm.
3: Are you at all interested in returning to review season two or not really?
1: Uh, I, I think it depends probably on our schedule, what okay, we have time sure. for, but I'd certainly be happy to. I'll be watching it either whether we review it or not. Yeah,
3: It's one of those shows for me where I'm fascinated to see what they do to grow the show from season Mm. one. I think there's a lot of potential for things to go better. But if they don't learn their lessons from season one, that could also just be pretty average, I think. Mm. Maybe not bad, but average.
2: I'm interested to see who's going to narrate it. Like, are they going to get a different celebrity?
1: Oh, I hope so.
3: That's a cool idea, actually. If Uh, it's Hilary
1: Duff, we'll get you on, Paul. How about that?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Annie Murphy's... Kevin can fuck himself to premiere on AMC on June 13. That is definitely going to be reviewed by us, I believe. Assuming we can access it in Australia somehow.
1: Yeah, we haven't had Mm. word yet, but as soon as we do, we'll pop it in the schedule. My
3: guess it'll be on Stan.
2: Is it? Mm. Did you say it's AMC? AMC. Yeah, I think some of their stuff's on Binge and some of their stuff's on Stan. So it could go either way.
3: One way or the other, we're going to... Assuming it makes it here on one of those... Um, mm. Streaming service. We'll get to it. In casting news, Alexander Skarsgård is joining Succession season three. He'll be playing the character of Lucas Matson, a successful confrontational tech founder and CEO. Uh, I mostly remember him from his excellent, if not awful, uh, character in Big Little Lies. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I think he will fit right in to Succession. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I look forward to that. Paul, you seem like you're a big fan.
2: I'm a big fan of Succession and a big fan of him so I can't fucking wait. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you dirty dog.
3: <laughs> Joel Edgerton and Kamal Nanjiani are joining Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh, this comes after previous casting news of Indira Varma, aka Illyria Sand in Game of Thrones, love it of Oberyn Martell, aka Pedro Pascal, aka Dinjar in The Mandalorian. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> um and She's joining the show, and Joel Edgerton is returning, obviously, as Uncle Lars Baru. We have no idea who Kamal Nanjiani's playing. Um, but yeah, no surprises there, but exciting stuff. Marvel's Secret Invasion series is apparently cast Amelia Clark in a mystery role. Similarly, Olivia Coleman is also in talks to join the series. Does that excite you at all? Are you guys. Did you watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Paul? I did. what do you think?
2: Um I think. I, I was pretty much on the same page as you guys. I listened to your episode. Mm. Um, I think every time there were act- there was action sequences, I kind of shut off. But I liked other elements of it. But I just sure. I found like the overly shaky cam action just like really mm. turns me off. Like sure. I, I I love good choreography and being able to see what the fuck's happening when people <laughs> are bashing each other up. So yeah.
1: Mm.
3: Uh, does that any of this casting excite you for that secret invasion show, Damask?
1: Um, I don't really care about that casting, to be honest with you. I mean, like it's it's cool, but when they give like long lists of all these people who have been cast in it, I don't really care until like the show's coming out. I just want to watch it. I want the story. I don't care who's in it as long as they're good performers, yeah.
3: I mean, I'll just always be excited with Olivia Coleman doing anything mm-hmm. and her joining the MCU. Big tick from me. I wanted to ask you guys a couple of other just little side things that aren't necessarily big news. Um, but did you see that the director of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has confirmed... There was this idea, sorry, that there was a scene in the pilot or the first episode that people saw as confirmation that Bucky is by. I'm going to read a quote uh, from Sam Basanti's article on the AV Club. The director says that Falcon and the Winter Soldier scene wasn't meant to confirm that Bucky is by. And this is a quote from the article. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier director, Kari Skogland, addressed a scene in the show's premiere in which Sebastian Stan's Bucky laments how out of his depth he is with modern dating apps, noting that a lot of people are posting tiger photos and that he doesn't get it. This, for those who are also out of their depth with modern dating apps, is a reference towards apparently a common trend now in which people, mostly men make a point to include foes themselves posing near, with or near a tiger on their dating profiles. Again, men are usually the ones doing this, so fans interpret his Bucky line as a reference to the fact that he's seeing dating profiles for men, and since he said this while on a date with a woman, that means he must be bisexual. I hadn't Good heard Lord, this reaction. Lord, they
1: are fishing for fucking <laughs> hell. That is ridiculous. I don't think it's men, I just think it's bogans, because I only ever looked at <laughs> women. I saw plenty of tiger photos.
3: <laughs> I I like the idea. I agree; it's a bit of a stretch. In fact, in Tiger King, I believe there are they in that documentary series, if you want to call it that. They there is a sequence where they're like, or you see where they like rent out tigers, mm. and like there were a lot of women taking photos with tiger cubs and stuff like that in that sequence. I don't think it's exclusively for men at all, but you know, dreamers can dream.
1: I mean, I wish he was, <laughs> but I also like am not. Even if the director came out and said, like, yes, that is what I meant. I'd be like, well, that's fucking bullshit if that's, like, your representation is he has a totally. tiny comment. Like, that's not something to celebrate either.
2: Yeah. Give me the extended 30-minute sequence of Bucky sucking fucking Steve Rogers' cock. then <laughs> yeah. I'll be happy.
1: <laughs> I want a hardcore penetrative sex <laughs> otherwise. Don't include it. Thank you. It's I'm awful. with you, Paul. I'm with- I want that scene as well.
4: It's yes. all
3: the MCU is missing at this point. <laughs> um, yesterday, so in the last month or so, there was this story, this article is getting around that during a shareholder meeting, the one of the CEOs or like whoever's head of the parks department or something like that for Disney, at the end of their call, just lifted up uh, like lightsaber hilt, turned it on and said, this is real. Boom, mic dropped. the conference was over. And everyone was freaking out going like, what the fuck? Disney have created real lightsabers. Yesterday at a big, because it was May the 4th, right? Star Wars Day. They were talking about, there was a uh, a video or articles going out about this new Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser resort experience where people can go to Disneyland and go to Star Wars, whatever that area is called, and like spend time in this Star Cruiser style resort. And in that, they revealed with a video, one of the cast members with a lightsaber hilt turns it on and it goes, vroom, extends out, all lit up. There are real lightsabers now, guys. Not ones that can cut through <laughs> things, but fucking real light up, extendable lightsabers. <laughs> Do, Do you they want to see this? Do they already
1: exist? I thought they already existed.
3: No, yeah. not ones that extend. I've uh, got a, I've got a replica one from Disneyland that my brother bought for me. That's like yeah. Luke's, Luke's Jedi hilt, and then the green blade. Mm. But you just have to like screw that fucker in. Like, right. The idea of pressing the button, have it go boom, and cut extend
1: gotcha. out. Because. At the beginning of that story, when you said, this is real, I was like, I'm sorry, are Disney now making weapons for the US (laughs) government? Like, what is happening? It's going to happen one day. Yeah. It's a Um, progression. I mean, I'm very fucking interested in going to that resort, though. Mm. Like, walking through a cruiser and just like, oh, I'm going to go into my cool little pod room now. Fuck yes. I'm into that more than a lightsaber.
2: Yeah, because all the the, uh, windows are screens, so it just... completely immersive you feel like you're in space and Mm -hmm. like you don't even like to get there you have to go into like what looks like an elevator that like shoots you into space it's like (laughs) fucking insane
3: it's gonna cost so much and i want to do it so badly Mm -hmm. like it
2: it was supposed to open this year pre covid time um and i was going to do it but Oh, well, I got to redo my bathroom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, are the window screens like what have you (laughs) actually? (laughs) Uh,
3: One last thing before we get to what we've been watching. Uh, Also, in the last couple of days, Marvel Studios released a video called Celebrates uh, Marvel studio celebrates the movies at sort of a MCU phase four hype video. Mm-hmm. Have you guys watched this? It goes for no. about four minutes?
2: I've I've seen it.
3: Can I recommend we pause the podcast for four minutes to watch it? Because I want to get Damask's reaction to this thing.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so we just stopped recording for a second there to get a chance, give Damask a chance to watch uh, that video.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: What's your immediate reaction?
1: Um... Well, the first half, I had stupid goosebumps, which I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be so manipulated by them, but they get me every time, every time. Um, So, that was fun to revisit all of that. And then we obviously immediately cut to Black Widow. Yes. Which, after seeing all of this epic shit happen, to then cut to Black Widow, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then Shang-Chi, which I'm genuinely interested in, but Mm -hmm. it just looks so different in terms of just like it's so brightly lit um there's one slow-mo action sequence where he punches a guy in the stomach and it just looks a bit hokey um which is a shame because i am genuinely excited about that but then we get like the rapid fire titles yeah and Mm -hmm. i was like oh god they're gonna see me into retirement this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) there's plenty of titles in there that i'm genuinely excited for
3: i i just loved watching you Watch that then, and you just said, like, I've got goosebumps and I wish I didn't. But that fucking video is weaponized hype. Like, I've yeah. seen watched grown men cry watching that video. It's, <laughs> and it's mostly because I think what I have to give Marvel credit for with that is that it's just, well, it's manipulative. They use Stan Lee's fucking voice, which is yeah. just, that's a cheap shot. Um, but they've earned that right because those moments do mean something if you followed along for this long. Like, they have mm-hmm. gotten to that point where they can get the reaction genuinely because they yeah. care about those characters now. Well, the Not footage just because- they
1: show of, like, inside a cinema during Endgame yes. where everyone kind of loses their shit. I was like, I experienced that too. Like, it made me kind of <laughs> really emotional. Yeah. i was like, fucking hell. Like, what a great time at the cinema that was. Yeah.
3: Uh, did you have a reaction to that video at all, Paul?
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, like, that. The reusing of the Marvel theme and making it more sound more epic was like a very smart move. I think um, it worked really well. I do agree with Damas, like. Black Widow, I'm just finding it really hard to get hyped about. And especially after seeing Falcon in The Winter Soldier. Sure. They mm. seem so similar to each other, like shot in like cheap Eastern European locations and <laughs> like all about like super powered humans. It, it looks like the same, mm. which isn't a great sign, but ho- hopefully it will surprise us. Like, I mean, the cast is great. Rachel Wise and um, Florence Pugh, like a- amazing actresses. So... We'll see, but um, yeah, I'm I'm hyped, and like, uh, Chloe's ours, the the Eternals, like, so uh,
1: that's the one that I was yeah. like, oh, now that they actually had footage of, that made me go, fuck, I really want to see that one.
3: Now, quickly, mm. when we go through these, but just on the Black Widow thing, I understand what you guys are saying. Weirdly enough, I remain hyped for that. I think the main reason is that something that Marvel have been really good at doing. There's been like four or five trailers for Black Widow now, and I feel like they're just mostly recuts of things we've already seen. And Marvel has an incredible way of not putting the most exciting stuff in their trailers, just doing Mm. enough to get you to the movie and then keeping the stuff that's actually going to make the movie special, hopefully, Mm. out of the trailers. And so they have my trust that I'm going to go to that movie and there's going to be something there that I'm going to go, oh, I didn't expect that. That's cool. I even think, though, Captain the Winter Soldier, sorry, Falcon the Winter Soldier didn't quite get there for us in the end. The best stuff was kept out of the trailer for that. They had no idea Isaiah Bradley was going to be in that. And like those were the things that surprised me along the way. So I give them that. However, so they go through the list of like what's coming in Phase 4 of the next three years. Black Widow and Shang-Chi arriving in July and September, we already knew about. The Eternals was already locked into November 5, 2021. But this is the first footage of that film that we've been shown. We haven't Mm. seen any trailers or anything else beyond the casting back at whatever event that was, probably Comic-Con. So initial look of that, it does look very different, doesn't it?
2: It looks like that director, her other movies, The Rider and Nomadland, it actually has that visual style to it, which I didn't expect.
3: Yeah, that's exciting to have a different, I guess, uh, feel or um, texture coming from Chloe Zhao. I'm very excited for that film now, though I still have no idea what it's about. I've got no reason Mm. to attach myself to it. Um, that first trailer has a lot of work to do to get me excited yeah. about the story. Spider-Man No Way is coming out December 17th. They hadn't been we knew it was Christmas, we didn't know the exact date yet. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Multiverse of Madness, March 25th, 2022. I'm excited for that mostly after WandaVision. Yeah. Thor: Love and Thunder, May 6th, 2022. Taika Waititi. Waititi. Fucking hell. <laughs> Obviously excited. Black Panther 2, now titled Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which we'd never Mm. seen that before, coming July 8th, 2022. How the fuck is that happening? I don't (laughs) understand how that movie after, as far as I'm aware, they did not anticipate that Chadwick Boseman was not going to be around to Mm. film this movie and have had to scramble to get it put together, how Ryan Coogler is getting that movie out by basically this time next year. I don't get it. That's insanity.
2: Well now excited, they use though. now that they're using those like Mandalorian like LED screen sets they don't need to build build anything just shove someone in a room and
3: that's it it's done that's a very very good point <laughs> Captain Marvel 2 now titled The Marvels slated for November 11 2022 and in the logo obviously it pays uh, clues to we're going to get Ms Marvel the mm-hmm which has got the TV show coming out probably by the end of this year. And then also the Spectrum or Photon. uh, The Monica Rambeau character who was in WandaVision is going to be in that as well. Mm -hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, February 17th, 2023. Why do they keep
1: forcing Ant-Man and the Wasp onto us? I don't want it. it, I don't need it. Get it out of here.
3: Making money. Guides of the Galaxy (laughs) Volume 3. James Gunn Returns to direct that May 5th, 2023. Fantastic Four teased again with no title or date. So here's the big takeaway for me. Basically, we're going to be getting four Marvel films a year alongside who knows how many Disney Plus shows. We already know of three this year, possibly more this year. It's a fuckload of content. It's basically Mm -hmm. Marvel every month. Yeah. If you follow the pattern being built around sort of especially next year, there should be a July film and a, and a November film in 2023 too. So I want to put this prediction out here right now. My guess is that the July film is going to be an Avengers movie or at least a team-up movie. And then the Fantastic Four, which was teased at the end of this, will be the November film, which will be the last Phase 4 film. So you know how they always do like a one-film capper on a phase and mm-hmm. then they move into the next one? That's my guess. That's i just want to put it out there right now.
2: That's solid. My, my one hope for this is that all these Disney Plus shows – a short like the Falcons Winter Soldier one was because sure. if these like blow out to like 13 episode hour long things like I'm going to be fucking exhausted. Like yeah.
3: <laughs> agreed. I doubt that's happening. It looks like based on one Wanda, One Division had nine episodes, but they had like twenty minute episodes. If mm. that I think the first episode's like twenty minutes or eighteen minutes, something like that. Mm. So my if you put what WandaVision did and what Falcon and the Winter Soldier did—they go for about five hours each, not including mm. credits. I think that's the standard we're going to get. I think when you get six, seven episodes, ultimately it equates to about five hours of content. Yeah, yeah I which can that. is manageable. It's like two movies worth of stuff. I think yeah. that's doable. Paul, what have you been watching?
2: Well, probably one of the biggest events of the year for me every year is um, the Academy Awards. Did you guys watch this year?
1: The Never ni- heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> the 93rd, we did watch this year.
3: The 93rd Academy Awards. We do a Oscar uh, party every year. We do a predictions little competition, mm-hmm. uh, which Damascus won this year, actually. Yeah, uh, it And it was a very close competition. We had a lot of very similar picks. Um, and we usually get together and watch it together. That didn't happen this year. A lot of people have moved across the country for instance so they were mm. all zooming in so it was very you know nostalgic of this time last year you know we're paying yeah. homage to 2020 i think yeah mm. um zooming in <laughs> i don't know about you guys that was fucking atrocious that was yeah. <laughs> the worst oscar ceremony i've ever seen
2: it was it was very bad um one thing <laughs> that one thing that uh, change it a bit for me. Usually, I do the same as you do it at night time. Have a whole bunch of people over, but because it was a public holiday in South Australia that day, most of my friends were away, and right. I instead had just a couple of friends that came over in the morning, and we actually watched it live on TV, mm. which meant this was the first time in about ten years that I actually watched the ceremony with commercials, it's probably right. the first time I've watched free-to-air TV in years <laughs> How do people watch free-to-air TV? I know, it's right? fucking awful, <laughs> the amount of times I saw the same fucking Big Brother ads, every fucking two minutes it's the same ones it's actually like torture so is- um, I'm never I- gonna do that again
3: I only use free-to-air basically to watch sport, mm. yeah Generally, I don't have to anymore. I've got access to Foxtel, so I can watch it with stream it, and they just have—they don't really have ads so much as they have content in between, which is good. Mm-hmm. And then the tennis every year, and the mm-hmm. tennis is where I have the experience you have, where it's the same ad a million times over. It's there talking about maths before it starts or something like that, or it's oh, mm-hmm. the same fucking ads over and over, and it's just excruciating. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: free to television like, is when dead. I- watch free to air. It's usually when I'm watching like maths or something, which it kind of works out because when the ad starts, I mute the ads. That's my Twitter time. So I go onto Twitter and just talk about how everyone hates maths. And it's just like, it's a beautiful balance. Mm.
3: (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Um, But yeah, the the ceremony was a complete mess this year. Obviously they had to make (laughs) some concessions because of COVID. So there was only 170 people allowed in the... A venue at the one time, which uh, for the first time was it in the Dolby Theatre, it was in yeah. a train station, and it was a beautifully done, <laughs> it was a beautifully done, like, set. The train station set was stunning.
1: I hated it. Oh really? I just thought it was poorly lit. It was too bright. It didn't look fabulous. It, it to was me. lit mm.
3: like a movie, is what they were going for. They were going mm. for this whole idea. They could get away with doing it because it's not actually a ceremony. It's a film set, is what they were going for, and that's how they got mm. around the the or found the loophole to have that many people in the same space not wearing masks. Mm. Mm. It was like their way of getting around COVID restrictions, which to me is the first reason this shouldn't have happened at fucking all. Mm. Like. Uh, I understand that there were a lot of concessions to be made this season, I or this year, and I understand also that they wanted to experiment with the format for a little bit because they've had declining viewership for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the changes to have, like, rather than show clips from the films, have, like, I swear everybody who had nomination had to fill in one of those things. It's like, tell us in 25 words or less what the experience of making this film was like. And then they read those back to them. Very... Yeah. There's no host, very uncharismatic actors doing this stuff for some reason. Not natural at all. They're not presenters by nature. Mm. And it was so slow and tedious and boring, more than usual for an Oscar ceremony. It just had Mm. no pace whatsoever.
2: Yeah, no timing on the speeches. None. It was a double-edged sword because obviously, like, my opening quote this episode was from Daniel Kaluuya's speech that might have been cut off and he might have not gotten to gotten to that point sure um, same with uh thomas Winterberg that won for another round eventually after five minutes of rambling got to the fact that the film was made for his daughter that had just passed away which mm. was quite an emotional moment but we just had to get to like five minutes of boredom to get to that point um yeah it, it was it, it's like they were actively trying to make the ceremony boring and then there was like this extended <laughs> like um uh Ode to this academy retirement home that just went forever that involved zero celebrities it's like i get it it's about people that are doing good shit but that's not what what we watch this ceremony for we watch to see celebrities and you're not giving that to us so Mm -hmm. get to the next thing and then fucking the in memoriam they sped through It was like on on speed. It was just like bam, 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 and you just didn't get to experience any of the people in there.
3: And in doing so, they forgot to include or didn't include Naya Rivera Rivera from like and Jessica fucking Walters wasn't in there. Mm. That's disgusting. Like, and they they often missed couple, but DMX got in. (laughs) Yeah, boy. What well, I couldn't what astounded me, like the Oscars has this problem of being like super pretentious and like mm. the elite and whatever right, and how they somehow were pairing it back and made it more pretentious somehow <laughs> is really, really incredible, like that is mm-hmm. I don't know whether to be like impressed by that they they made it m- less accessible than ever
1: mm-hmm. it was.
3: Such a wank fest, more than normal. No, and I what- want
1: it to be so excessive that I yes. feel like I'm in the Hunger Games in like that centre place where everyone just looks <laughs> insane, totally unrelatable, and me and my poor friends are sitting at home making fun of all these rich and privileged people. Yes. That's what I want out of my Oscars. I want everything to be gold, gold glittering and stupid. That's all I want. I don't need this kind of like homebrew. Let's sit down and talk about like how we're all like connected as humans Mm -hmm. and I see you and you see me and like we're so close to each other's faces that it makes the audience uncomfortable.
3: I also just think like – when there occasionally was a presenter who had some charisma, like the highlight moment for me was probably where they asked Glenn Close. They, they just, I don't remember who it was, but they're going around basically doing pub trivia, I was like, do you remember whether this song got nominated or not for the Academy Awards and did it win? And they mm. got to Glenn Close and they did that obviously pre-arranged bit where mm-hmm. she knew uh, like the dance move, debut and like mm-hmm. the history of that song and stuff like that. But that worked because fucking Glenn Close, and they used her celebrity to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of other presenters who just did by nature have some charisma and some energy out there. But then all that does is it shows you in contrast how bad everybody else was. Normally Mm -hmm. they come out to present an award and there's an awkward conversation between two celebrities and it lasts for about 30 seconds and we move on. We go, oh, that one didn't work. Or it does. But then there's a host to keep the thing moving and Mm tidal together and they haven't had hosts for three years now and they need to get a fucking host back. Yes, Mm -hmm. Like seriously, they need, even if it's, Jimmy Kimmel again. I don't care. He's not. He's good enough to at least keep the show moving and give it some energy where it needs it. It just it desperately needs that. Yeah, Worst I, rate. Go on. Sorry.
2: I was going to say I really loved. I, I don't even know if I was in the minority. I thought Chris Rock was a fantastic host. I thought he was. Yeah. He was hilarious um, and had the exact like right mix of being like I guess a person of the people and being a friend with the celebrity at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what you need.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think like, you know, I I know this is Golden Globes, but I really love moments, you know, that we have like Amy Poehler going through the audience and like sitting on George Clooney's lap. And like, Mm -hmm. you know that she knows famous people, but also she has the insight to be able to make fun of them as well. Like that kind of balance where I'm like, oh, I'm like excited to see these celebrities, but also like, there isn't so much fanfare that I'm, I feel sickly sweet. Yeah. You Honestly, know the, just get uh,
3: Tina Fey and Amy Poehler to direct to to, to host the Oscars. Just just mm-hmm. do it already. It's time. Yeah. Go on. Uh, th-
1: I think
2: the saddest thing about this was that some fantastic movies were nominated and yes. some mm. fantastic movies won as well. Yeah. And nobody's talking about them because. The ceremony almost didn't feel like it was about those movies. Like mm-hmm. we didn't get to see much of the films. Mm-hmm. That's didn't a get to big thing. N- know what no they were clips. About.
3: No performances. Like nothing to really celebrate the movies at all. The thing that people actually can have a connection to because they might see them. Mm-hmm. I understand they want to highlight the people behind them, and that's what the ceremony is there for: is to give winners these accolades and stuff like that. But there is no in for the audience. If I can't see what it is there like the performances or the cinematography or the music or whatever it is is that's been nominated i want to feel that and go oh i should go see that movie that looks really good
2: mm. yeah especially for like the technical categories like yeah. it's insane that you had like best costume and i didn't see one costume from any of the films exactly yeah. like absolutely what the fuck and like i've what i always make an effort to watch all the nominated movies which i did this year and it was like there was some amazing stuff that just was not Recognized in any way by this ceremony. Yeah. Um, did you guys actually get to watch many of the movies that were nominated?
1: I've I think only I watched seen one.
2: Promising
3: Young Woman <laughs> was the other one I've seen so far. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Um, yeah. There were some fantastic films. And like Nomad Land was a great film. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad that it won. Like, I probably would have given it to Promising Young Woman myself. I, I really love that movie. Um, one thing I want to just uh, highlight is uh, th- there was a movie that was nominated for a couple of the technical categories, which was an Italian film called Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. um, I just want to say whatever you do, never watch this fucking movie it was so bad that it almost made me want to give up on my oscar rewatch because it's one of the worst fucking movies i've ever seen in my entire life it's i don't know who it was like aimed at but if you want to see a film where like pinocchio literally gets hung by his neck on a tree and left for dead or like with a get hit a a rock tied to his leg and then thrown in the ocean to drown to death. I feel like that happens um,
3: in the Disney film. He
2: gets yeah, but like it's just such a just done it in such a distressing way. in Sure, this film. gotcha. Um, and the film is like horrifying on so many levels. Um, it's nightmare fuel in its pure purest form. Um, and I am horrified that it was nominated for anything.
1: <laughs> Good to know. Thanks for the warning. <laughs>
3: yeah. Great. I'll avoid that at all costs. Um, what would you guys you? All have obviously heard about what happened at the ending there. They moved best picture from the last category to be (laughs) announced into third last. Then best performance by a lead actress. Frances McDormand wins that. And then finally we get to the best performance by an actor. And it seems like, and all the evidence suggests, they were pretty sure that Chadwick Boseman was going to (laughs) win. And his widow is going to be able to give an impassioned speech and sort of end on a note that gets to celebrate the, the tragic... Ending to this man's career or his life, and then obviously celebrate his career as it was. And then Anthony Hopkins is not even there. Very deserving winner, don't get me wrong, but he's not there. And Joaquin Phoenix just has to say, "We the Academy accepts this on his behalf." Bye, and the (laughs) ceremony is over. Yeah, what? Like, what was already disastrous Academy Awards just ends on the weirdest fucking note ever. Yeah, fucking hell, man.
2: And and it's such a shame. Like people have attacked. Anthony Hopkins, even though he wanted to zoom in and they wouldn't let him. Yeah. Um, they were like, You're 90 and you're in the middle of this COVID pandemic, but I, we want you to fly to another country to Insane. zoom in from there. Yeah. Um, And this even sad part is like, he is fucking amazing in that movie. Yeah. Like, it, it makes complete sense why he won that award, but people are like, now there's all these weird conspiracies around it and stuff like that. It's like, it's just such a shame. Yeah, it's just a real shame. Uh,
3: The lowest ratings of all time, beating last year's record low of 23.6 million viewers. It only got 9.8 million viewers.
1: Oh my God.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was always going to be low anyway because no one's seen these movies because how could they? Um, Mm. But wow, wow. Be interested Mm. to see what they do going forward. What else have you been watching, Paul?
2: So generally, anime and manga adaptation live action adaptations are pretty piss piss poor. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. That yes, most of the time it's a
1: fair thing to say. Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, but I've actually watched two that I really enjoyed recently. So um, the first one uh, is called Alice in Borderland, and it's on Netflix. Have either of you guys seen or heard of this?
1: Nope. I think I've seen the preview. So if you tell me to watch it, I will.
2: Um, Yeah, so it's about um, these three kind of uh, loser, kind of aimless guys in Tokyo um, and they pull a prank and they're running from the cops and they hide in a public bathroom. And then when they come out of the bathroom, everyone else in Tokyo has disappeared but them. And Mm. uh, so they're kind of exploring around and then... All the big neon signs start pointing them towards a certain building and they get there and there's all these mobile phones. They each pick them up and the mobile phones tell them that they're part of a game now and there's other people that show up and then they're put into kind of like Saw type scenarios where, you know, they have to make like life or death decisions and do all this dangerous stuff. And But if they don't participate in the game, then a giant laser comes from the sky and just kills them instantly. And if you win the games, it gives you, like, extra days to survive. And so they're just trying to work out why it's happened, um, go through all these fucked-up scenarios. Um, It's really cool show. And the production value is fantastic. It looks great. I don't know how they've managed to make Tokyo look so empty, but um, it's really convincing. Um, Wow. You yeah, had me until
1: some... Saw, and then I'm like, nope, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm not watching that. Uh,
2: it's not as torture porny as Saw,
1: okay.
2: um, but yeah, I guess it's in that same scenario where they, there's sometimes where they're like, do I save myself or my friends, or that kind of kind of mm. dilemmas that they have been put in.
3: So this is a live action adaptation of an existing anime, is that right? Uh,
2: uh, of a manga, it's never of been a manga. I gotcha. Yeah, okay, it's cool. never been put into an anime before. Um,
3: Interesting. So that's how often does that happen? Do you think where like that sounds like a very anime concept to me? More often than not, and obviously I can't speak on how often this happens, but it feels like to me they usually just get made into anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't say just because anime are ex- can be excellent. Yeah, um, but it's not often I hear of like the manga being adapted into a live-action TV show first. That's very interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how often this happens, but, um, you know, as long as a big company like Netflix puts their money towards it, I think it can I work. It's it, yeah. So, um,
4: yeah. So, and it's
3: a Netflix original. It's not it's like it was produced somewhere else and they grabbed it. Okay, cool.
2: Yeah, they made it. So, I, I would highly recommend this show. I think it's a lot of fun. It sounds um, excellent. Um, and one of the main actors in Alice in Borderland, Kita Mashida, um. I noticed he was in another show, another live-action manga adaptation that's on Crunchyroll. Um, okay. And this is completely different in every way. It's called Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginity Can Make You a Wizard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have I read, read that synopsis thing, yeah. before. <laughs> oh, is yeah. that what you sent? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, so, I remember seeing this and being like, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, go on, go on, Bob.
2: So, yeah, this is a... Uh, Based around the idea that if you manage to make it to 30 years old and you're still a virgin, mm-hmm. you gain the power to read other people's thoughts. Ooh. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and it's uh, based around this like nerdy guy. Um, he's, he doesn't like talking to anyone, is really in his shell. And then he gets this ability on his 30th birthday and he realizes through this ability that, this hot guy in his office is obsessed with him as in completely in love with him. And he, cause he's so introverted, hasn't even thought about his sexuality or anything like that. So it's kind of opens this door to him. Like, actually, do I like this guy as well? Um, being that, uh Japan is a lot more I, I guess conservative conservative about these mm. topics that it's very much like it takes ages for anyone to actually even say the word gay even though that's what the entire show is about mm. and the entire series is leading up to a kiss um and, but I guess there's kind of a charm in that as well yeah <laughs> um it's just like Sexual Tension, the TV show. (laughs) Gotcha. They want to do something. They're constantly put into these situations together, alone together, and it almost happens and then something will always interrupt it. Um,
3: Is is there any sense of like... uh, uh, This might be a little off what the show is doing. Is there any sense that like he'll lose this ability if he does end up having sex? Like,
2: Yes. So, uh, one of his other friends is a virgin as well and turns 30 and then he um he goes through the same thing but then he does have sex and loses it so then he knows Mm -hmm. i love those stakes
3: i love those stakes like (laughs) you can have these powers but what cost yeah that's cool
2: yeah (laughs) amazing Um, so it's actually really entertaining it's a very easy show to watch short episodes um i I would highly recommend it if you want like what's it called again cherry magic 30 years of virginity can make you a wizard
1: I think I'll just type in cherry with magic. The,
2: with the question mark. <laughs> question mark, exclamation mark.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, I love that.
4: Brilliant. Um,
2: I mean, so all yeah.
1: that kind of sweetness where everything's building up to a kiss. I mean, that's part of why I really loved watching Terrace House, which is obviously a reality show. Yeah. There was so much build up to perhaps there might be romance. And then when there was romance, it was like, well, when are we going to hold hands? And I fucking loved that. I was like, this is beautiful. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think you'll really enjoy this then.
1: (laughs) Okay, excellent.
2: Um, So, yeah, another Netflix original that um, I recommend everybody listening to this watch is the new movie that was originally slated to be a theatrical release, but um, Mm -hmm. Netflix bought the rights once COVID hit, called the Mitchells versus
3: the Machines. Did it originally have a different t- title? I think it was like called Connected or something like that originally as well. It
2: was. When it was when it was going to be a theatrical release it was called right. Connected.
3: Yeah. The, Mi- the Mitchells versus the Machines is such a better title. It's not funny. Agree. Yes. Yeah. such a better title.
2: So, this is what you get when you mix the creative teams from Into the Spider-Verse, The Lego Movie and Gravity Falls. Like, oh
3: wait, who who from Gravity Falls is involved in this?
2: Alex Hirsch was a story supervisor on this.
3: Fucking hell! So um, I was already in for this movie, but I, I didn't know that. I knew about Lord Miller, but I didn't know. Yeah. Fuck me. Okay.
2: So, um, if that that should really make it the top of everyone's list, just hearing yeah, it those is those three titles,
1: genuinely uh, at the top of my list. Ever I since I saw the trailer quite a while ago, now I was like, yeah. this movie looks right up my alley, so I'm very Uh, excited to finally watch it. Well, you do
2: realise that the main character is an openly uh, lesbian uh, aspiring filmmaker. She gets to be the main character of this fucking movie. What? I mean, I should have
1: known from the hair and outfit, but I just assumed (laughs) that they would... You know, gloss over that. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch so that. Tonight. How
2: cool is that? That, like, this film was meant to be a theatrical release, that, like, major yeah. studios are putting, like, queer main characters in kids' films. Oh like, oh my God. Just, so it's good. Just so cool. Um, the movie is funny, heartfelt, visually beautiful. Um, I can't ha- I recommend this movie enough. Uh, it's probably my favorite film so far this year. It's. So.
3: Oh, I was so keen to watch this before we did this episode because mm. I was. Ever since the first trailer, even, I've been excited about this movie. The creative team involved just always gets my attention. Animation-wise, it looks amazing. Into the the Spider-Verse is possibly my favourite superhero film and one of my favourite animated films. And I just really want to support... The thing about... I love Disney in in so many ways and a lot of their animated films and Pixar as well. But they all have a certain sheen and style to them. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad there's another animation company out there that Sony's do. It's is it Sony, Sony. and Netflix doing this one? Mm-hmm. What their Lord and Miller that and that team are doing um, over there with Sony Animated Pictures is just a really good alternative to that. That I want to mm-hmm. see more of, more creativity in those 3D animated films. Something that you know aspires to be a bit more like traditional 2D animation, a bit more cartoony, a bit more expressive generally, mm-hmm. and colourful. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, and this does (laughs) a lot of
2: creative stuff as well um, that you won't expect from an animated movie. So Awesome. Can't wait. Uh, So another thing that uh, is always a highlight of my year, and unfortunately this is the last year it will happen, is a new season of Younger. Um, so, this is season seven, which is the final season.
1: And I'm so sorry, Paul. I'm so sorry. And- I'm
3: calling this episode of Off Topic Hot Topic up the duff because there is a lot of <laughs> Hillary Duff about <in> it. <laughs>
2: um, and unfortunately, because of the How, How um, I Met Your Mother uh, sequel, the younger spin off starring Hillary Duff is no longer going to happen. So, um, yeah, so this will be the last time we get to be in this universe, um, but (laughs) they are, uh, ending it on a really high note. I, I adore this show. Um, it is so fun. It's just an escape, beautiful fashion, a charismatic cast, New York City locations, um, like classic will they, won't they romances, like the show started with this very like uh, specific concept of a woman pretending to be younger than she actually is so that she could get a job. The show's kind of gone away from that now. And now it's all about, um, the role of like women in the workplace and the role of women in, in society and female friendships. And, um, it's just like a warm hug. Every episode is just like a warm hug. So, um, yeah, I'm loving the final season. It's already halfway done. Um, And yeah, I'm going to be sad when it's gone.
0: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak,
1: All right, guys, I know you've been waiting for it. I'm sure you fast forwarded through the rest of this boring episode just to get to this <laughs> moment. It is time for R- R- reality check.
3: Reality check, check, boop, boop, check. Boom, boom, boom. Reality check, check. Reality check.
2: Reality.
4: Thanks for participating, Paul. Gorgeous
1: song. Um, So I usually run this, but I hear, Paul, you've got some reality checks of your own if you want to keep on going.
2: Uh, Yeah. So um, a show that's. Been going for ages. Apparently, there's like 10 plus seasons of this thing. Uh, but Netflix have just added the first two seasons is a reality dating show called Are You the One? Have either of yeah. you guys watched this? Was I there have.
3: Original, I feel like Damask brought this up recently on a reality check as well. You were watching maybe season one or something like that. Was it
1: recently? I can't remember. You know, my memory. Whatever it <laughs> it's was. Like, no.
3: But also, wasn't there an original... Is Are You The One that original Chinese dating show? No, you're no, thinking no, of that's, something else.
1: That's called
2: If You Are The One.
1: Yeah, okay. This is, this is different, bro. Get is, it together. Are You The One?
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Glad yeah. we got that clarification. Not confusing at all.
2: Yeah. So, the concept of Are You The One is they put 20 people in a house. 10 guys and 10 girls. They've gone through some algorithm and said that each one of the guys has a perfect match with one of the girls, but they don't know who their perfect matches are. Then they do like, uh, you know, challenges and then the winners of the challenges get to go on the dates And then out of the people that get to go on the dates, the rest of the people in the house can vote for one of those couples to go into a truth booth. They go on the truth booth and that tells them (laughs) if they are a perfect match or not. Then based on that, at the end of every episode, they have a matching ceremony where everyone chooses their perfect match and then they're told how many matches they have, but not not who is the matches. So they'll be like, out of this group, five of you are matches and five of you aren't. You have to work out who it is. So then it's like it's a game. It's Mastermind,
3: of- the original like Mastermind board game, but for dating.
1: Yes, that's exactly yes. what it is, bro. Gotcha. And okay. I've yes. definitely explained this before. On off-topic, oh, hot yes, topic, you have, but I it's remember, just yeah. a beautiful thing to try and, to see someone else try and explain this. Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, very good. <laughs> so I,
2: I've been watching this with friends, and we've literally mm. got like charts made up where we're trying to work <laughs> out the matches based on like that person was on a truth booth in episode three, and there mm-hmm. was five matches in this episode, and therefore this person can only match with this person. So fun, and oh. the. And the people are so trashy and there's so much drama in this show. It's amazing. Amazing. I
1: don't know if you know this or not, but in the later seasons, I feel like it's season 9, 10, 11, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one where everyone in it is bisexual. So, oh. the match possibilities are insane. In, in, in,
3: increased difficulty level going yeah, up to uh,
2: <laughs> expert that, mode. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is actually insane. That yeah, so it was
1: mind. like buy or pan. And so, yeah, there's so many like different types of matches that can be made. Now, this is not available in Australia, but I magically used my brain projected into the universe and managed to absorb it yeah. um, i think you
3: talked to uh taika waititi's new character uh in that pirate show to yes get exactly this.
1: um but yeah it, it, it's even trashier for that season um which i didn't want it to be i want to be like i want these to be wholesome queers that's definitely not what we're getting um but it's yeah it was good fun
2: uh, that's amazing. I, I really hope Netflix start adding more seasons. So mm. they've only got the first two. Seven Plus have like, I think, three more seasons on top of that. Um, I don't know if I can do it with ads, but I might have to. <laughs> um, the other reality that I've been watching is RuPaul, uh, the end of season 13 of the US series. And also mm-hmm. this week we had the first episode of the Down Under Australia-New Zealand season. Indeed. <laughs>
3: now, I'm usually I'm usually pretty quiet during reality check. Uh, would you fucking believe, as soon as Damask leaves the state, after pestering me to watch this <laughs> show forever, uh, I've been watching RuPaul quite a bit in the last few weeks. <laughs> I'm I've both
1: happy and hurt <laughs> that this yeah, has happened. <laughs>
3: so, which insult.
2: ones have you watched?
4: Bro? Uh,
3: so, I will put out there: I haven't seen like any season from start to finish because Steph's watching it primarily; she's addicted to the thing. And so, I've watched probably fifty to eighty percent of the seasons we're about to talk about, or the seasons that I've seen. Season nine, we started there for some reason, no idea why. Mm-hmm. Then we mm-hmm. went back to season five again, completely randomly, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: At which point, oh we went no, back I to think s-
1: I told Steph to watch that one because that was my favorite.
3: Five, yep. Then we went back to season one very briefly. We watched about two episodes of that and gave up. <laughs> That's
2: painful. It's a painful
3: yeah. season. It's only because that. it was so low budget and like yeah. it's, it's, it's awful. It's not like it's that you can feel the DNA show DNA of the show building from there. Like a lot yeah. of it that is still on the show from that first season. And then we're currently watching season two. Okay. And also I've watched the first episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under.
2: Mm. Okay. So um I think overall season 13 was was pretty. A pretty entertaining season like um it was nice that they were able to do pretty much a normal season during these times um obviously there was a few concessions especially in the last episode mm. um and like uh, i was happy with the winner um so yeah did you did you think it was a satisfying season overall Damascus? i know you didn't like it as much as uk
1: yeah um i i did ultimately where we got to i really enjoyed i think this i really struggled with the start but it was i don't know like i felt two ways about it at the beginning it felt so slow and also almost cruel with how they begin it but i also thought it was valuable to spend that time getting to know the queens Mm -hmm. which is something i've complained about the later seasons is that we don't kind of have all a whole bunch of moments in the workroom like we used to have, which were some yeah. of my favourite moments when we really got to know them and their, and their d- dynamics with one another. Um, oh, that's really
3: disappointing. Why is that? Ha- what's changed there? They just don't spend time in the workroom anymore.
1: No, they they do. It's just not as much time.
3: Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Interesting. yeah. But, yeah, I think also the the thing is the show used to be a lot more focused on design challenges, and mm-hmm. which yeah. would force them to be in the workroom a lot, whereas now you get the – very much samey scenes of them learning choreography and sure. flubbing up their choreography, and then or learning lines for their play and and forgetting their lines. It's like the same thing every time. Yeah. Whereas so it now, used to like them creating stuff. Yeah, sure. they'll
1: get like the every kind of week's theme, and so before they enter the show, they'll be able to like either make what they need themselves. Um, Or obviously pay a lot of money to get the designs made, and so before
3: they before each week they know before the show starts what to get. They a
1: vague theme, yeah. So they know the theme. That's why they all in the later scenes magically (laughs) have these amazing outfits that match the theme. Whereas earlier seasons, like they'll be told what the theme is, and then they have to fucking make it there. Yeah, Um, which I find quite exciting, Um, and you really see people's creativity come through. That's
3: super cynical. That's like. What is fun about the show, I think, as someone who's very new to the series is like, you know, seeing who has those innate talents, seeing who get better as this at this stuff as the show goes on, how they try and work to the theme. But the idea I can imagine as the show, like 13 seasons, it's hard to keep going. You need to keep upping yourself. So giving them Mm -hmm. a chance to do that. And it also seems like part of what the show is about was like, this person's great with the comedy side of things. This person is great at like with dance or with performance, or whatever it is. This person doesn't have those attributes, but has amazing design and can really like can sew and stitch and like really brings it to the category stuff every week. If everyone's just buying or doing that work beforehand, that's kind of, I don't I like I mean, you that.
1: still do see it a little bit. Like there will always be a design challenge. I mean, we had a great one this year. Um, there's, an incredible outfit that was it Lala remade with tiny bags. <laughs> the
2: worst outfit that's ever been seen on the runway. Oh. It, it was it's just a corset where she glued a couple of paper bags to it.
1: <laughs> These tiny paper bags. It's so good,
2: and they're like falling off as she's walking the runway. Oh,
3: that's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so we still do get those moments, but yeah, it's just just fewer. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's like one per season now, whereas used to be a wow. lot more. Yeah. Mm.
1: But what like I really did love about this season, because um, I think like earlier seasons they, they feel rougher and there is a real kind of political undercurrent just simply because of the time that they're created in. Obviously it's mm-hmm. before gay marriage is legal and all that stuff. And I think in the in the later seasons as the Black Lives Matter movement is, you know, gaining momentum and really important to I think all of the queens or most if not all of the queens but particularly uh, the queens of color and the black queens that that has that political undercurrent or it's i think at the forefront at the moment and that's kind of re-energized it it's kind of like well that is what drag is about it's about political movements it's about mm-hmm. expression um through costume and gender play that yeah puts your politics right there in front of people so the fact that that is now a part of it again. It feels less sanitized. Yeah, no, I I actually ended up really enjoying the season.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It's good to hear yeah. that it can do that. It's still bring that after 13 seasons. Because I mm. can... Again, I'm watching a smattering of seasons here and there. And they, they do feel a bit different at different stages of the show. Um, probably five and nine I really enjoyed in terms of... I think the show was really polished at that point. Mm. But also... The selection of queens is really good. The thing that I, I don't know how much this is, people feel the same way. I really just enjoy RuPaul as a host. I think mm. and like has an incredibly tough job of having to be the host, having to be the interviewee that goes and does things, and having to be the top judge mm. and does all of those really well. Like I, I'm not that familiar with RuPaul before this, and I think he's amazing in this show. Like I, I wonder if he's kept it up for thirteen seasons.
2: Yeah, I mean, like he's still like in the finale of uh, season 13, did a full-blown musical number in the last episode. Seriously? Like, oh, that's so yeah, cool. So it's still got it. Like for that's someone good. that's in their 60s, doing yeah. well. Amazing. Um, so what did we all think of the uh, Australian first episode?
1: I was so impressed and relieved. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I was worried that so often when – we have an American reality show that is brought to Australia. I don't know. It feels really kind of safe and loses like that mean edge that I think <laughs> Americans bring to a reality TV show. I think it helps that we've got a bunch of scary drag queens. So the meanness <laughs> is already there, which is sure. fabulous. Um, I remember watching the preview and being like, it looks so cheap, it looks so terrible. Mm. And while I don't think it has quite the production values that obviously the American one has, I think all the dynamics were there that you need yeah. in this show between each characters. I love the dynamic of people who work together being yeah. on this season. I think immediately we've got, okay, relationships built. I'm very yeah. interested to see how all of that plays out. While the, I think, level of costume or fashion isn't there I think that's simply like financial mm-hmm. and I don't mind that like I love like I said earlier seasons of the U.S. RuPaul because I like seeing kind of you know queens who didn't have a shit ton of money but like brought their creativity in mm-hmm. how to bring a look forward yeah no I I was actually really surprised how much I was fully into it
2: yeah I thought there was a lot of um There was actually quite a few looks I liked in that first Mm. episode, and uh, a lot more um, risque as well. Like it was a nude challenge. The nude challenge
3: was full on. Like I was like, like, I haven't seen any of that so far in my viewings.
2: Yeah. Like I don't think the US RuPaul would have shown like a fake vagina in that detail. Like, right. Sure. and I, I, and I know, like in in previous seasons of um the US RuPaul, like I think it was um I can't remember which the queen it was, but one of them wanted to dress up like a giant tampon. That's and, right. It was
1: man- Manila, I think. Yeah, and they wouldn't yeah. let her.
2: So yeah. oh, really? I think wow. I think they're a bit looser in the Australian version, like because it's airing on Stan, like who gives a fuck on Stan, and in America mm. it's only on a streaming service. So I think they can really? just get they can get away with whatever they want. Yeah. Um, so so
3: the, the, the first the first thing I just thought about watching it was, I mean, it's hard not to feel this way. I feel every time I watch something that's Australian, I almost have like just a cringe response. Mm -hmm. Like I hate something about sometimes about seeing Australians, particularly when it feels really ochre at times on there. And like the energy was instantly different for me. Like the accents and the amount of swearing. It's fuck, (laughs) fuck, 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 fuck. fuck,
1: I love it. All the
3: way through. And it was like, a little bit of a tone shift I'm going to have to get used to here after watching (laughs) like binging four seasons of RuPaul basically from the US. Mm. Um, The Queens also, and again, you guys are probably going to correct me here and I hope you do is there's something about Australian drag that feels very different from US drag in that when I've watched the seasons I've seen so far, there's sort of a mix of like, again, help me with the terminology here because I'm getting used to it, pageant queens and then like comedy queens and stuff like this, right?
1: Yeah, you're nailing it, Brad.
3: Thank you. I'm I'm learning quick. And it was like, I'll tell you what actually really helped. Having seen Pose, I got to explain to Steph what reading for Filth was. It was like, (laughs) I, I know this. (laughs) and i and i know why they go the category is such and such anyway um i felt really like i'm (laughs) on top of this uh but like the when they all introduced themselves at the start of episode one the the word i came to and i don't mean this in an offensive way was like almost clownish the 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 size of the characters Mm -hmm. i'd never seen those like inflatable like head pieces really before used Mm -hmm. especially as like the way they introduce themselves as queens normally i feel like they're going more for fishy again a turn i'm learning (laughs) um when they first introduce themselves rather than this is my like character this is my my caricature that i'm going for like art simone is such a huge personality and the way she presents herself at the very beginning and yeah i just thought it was i was like this is I wonder how different the drag scene is in Australia compared to the US, and if how much that's going to be represented in this show.
1: I think the more you watch RuPaul, you will see kind of different queens, and some of them, you know, are quite costuming. I think is mm-hmm. like budget. do get a better word, yeah, get bigger. Like you will see kind of more of a sometimes a cartoonish or an artistic take mm-hmm. um, with like big graphics and that type. Of, like that does exist, um, particularly when we get our. Uh, like Asian queens in later seasons of RuPaul and that type of thing, like a marches to anime and that type of stuff. Sure, so you will cool. see that, but I think, um, and I don't have all the facts, I've got a vague memory of there's um, an Australian queen who has like this hard plastic hair that you see yeah. in like Priscilla and yeah. stuff. And so like that originates, I believe from Sydney drag queens So, like, that is, like, kind of an homage to that type of look. But when you say, like, you know, you have a cringe factor with, you know, seeing Australians um, in that context and the amount of fucks and stuff, what I really enjoy is, like, particularly Sydney queens, they just sound exactly like Priscilla to me. And so that's – I just have, like, this fondness (laughs) of, like, just their tone of voice that's, like, specific to them.
3: How long until we have a Priscilla – Task.
2: Uh next episode. Like, yeah, it's like, not, like, no, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, next yeah, episode next Real quick. Snatch Game, which yeah. I'm
3: really looking forward to. A- I think apparent- there could be some. I'm expecting a Pauline Hansen. I'm expecting uh Jacinda Arden. I'm expecting like a lot of like some really cool choices there potentially for the Snatch
2: Ru- Game. Rumors that. from production is that it's the worst Snatch game in RuPaul's history. Really? <gasps> yeah. Is, Is there a I reason why? Bad ones already. <laughs> I don't know the specifics, but that's people from the set have leaked out that it's a really bad one. Oh, I have no. wondered
1: if the Australasian sense of humor will translate well because we're fucking sure. mean.
2: Well, <laughs> um, it's funny you say that because like, I don't know. Did you, either of you guys watch the new Mortal Kombat movie that just came in, out?
3: That's in my uh, what I've been watching some of to time. No, I about haven't. Bit, I,
2: yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, no spoilers for that, but it's like there's a, char- a very Australian character yes, in that that yes. swears <laughs> constantly. And yes. in the cinema I watched it with, he went over so well. Like the whole crowd was in hysterics. Yeah. And then I was reading reviews from the US calling the film humorless.
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> well,
3: aside from that character, they are correct. Yeah, he is the only source of comedy in the entire film.
2: But he's in a lot of the fucking movie.
3: But he, but yeah. they also lead so heavily. We'll talk about that when we get to. He's it. in
1: we'll a lot of the fucking that. movie, <laughs> mate. That's, yeah. All right,
3: mate. <laughs> that's basically it. We'll we'll talk about that a
2: bit. Um, uh, what did you guys think of Reese Nicholson as one of the judges? I think he's a lot funnier than Ross Matthews or Carson Cressley. I,
3: I like him. I do. I just wish he wouldn't look at Rue every time he says something he thinks is funny for his approval.
1: Oh, they all do that though. Even on the I American one.
3: I I, I may haven't noticed that as much. I I usually, I don't, again, I felt like they're usually looking forward and saying it. Maybe it's an editing thing. I kept thinking like every time Rue said something funny, he looked to Rue like, am I making you laugh? Um, <laughs> but I actually was surprised how much I liked him as well, yeah.
1: And I mean, it's the first episode. Maybe he'll get more natural and more confident. But I, th- but I thought he did a really fucking good job. Yeah, yeah mm.
3: I agree. What about... A, they're only getting $30,000 as a prize. I think <gasps> on Standard on RuPaul UK, now is 100000
2: UK got a dress. They didn't even get money.
1: <laughs> they got a cool web series. What? <laughs> yeah,
2: and instead of prizes, they're on the they BBC. got badges. They, little, they can't got get badges. money.
1: Hmm.
3: Okay. That makes me feel a lot better about that. I just hope that they're getting 30000 US dollars and Australian dollars. They'll <laughs> get Australian dollars. It's going to be... That's, yeah. That's yeah. a shame. Also... What's the feeling on Rue is suggesting that he's not going to be in drag barely uh, who- at all this season?
2: But then the preview for next episode, you was-
3: That's down. what I couldn't figure out. They had this thing about, I'm not going to be in drag this season. I was like, okay, they're setting this up. There could be a lot of reasons for it. Maybe mm. it's a time thing. Maybe it's a production thing. I just whatever. Assumed, and then the preview showed him in drag in the next one. I, I just assumed
1: Raven couldn't get a flight out. Who does his makeup. Yeah, right. Couldn't mm. get a probably a flight out. In Wait, time for the first Wait, Raven episode.
3: is in the the queen that's in yes. the season watching at the moment? Raven does. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll tell um, Steph that.
2: <laughs> uh, the, other weird, like? the other weird thing watching the show, um, so the prize in the first episode, for winning the first episode, was $3,000 and it was given... By Mary's Poppin, which is the one gay nightclub in Adelaide. And it, was just, <laughs> it was just so weird hearing RuPaul say the name of our <laughs> one gay club. So, yeah, it was a disconnect. <laughs>
1: nice. I can't wait for Circuit to sponsor the next episode. That's the gay club I go to in Melbourne or do you? Yeah,
3: <laughs> I, feel, I feel so good I was able to participate in this conversation.
1: Like, <laughs> Me too. I'm finally
3: in. I'm glad I'm finally in. All
1: right. Oh, thank you so much, boys, for that gorgeous RuPaul chat. I really needed that. (laughs) Um, I have also (laughs) been watching one reality TV show and I also have a a preview for a new one coming out. So, the reality show I've been watching is The Circle on Netflix. So, I had previously watched season one when it came out, I believe, last year. Um, I think it was around... The beginnings of pandemic time, classic memories. Um, so season two has just dropped. Uh, the finale episode comes out today, so I haven't watched the finale yet, but I'm I'm going to be watching it as soon as I leave you guys. So the circle is, I guess you'd call it a social media strategy game. Mm. So you have, I think it's eight contestants at the very beginning. They each move into an individual apartment. And the only way they can have contact with one another is through a social media site called The Circle. Broads raised his hand. Say, yes, Bro Well,
3: well I just want to point out, like, I, we watched The Circle season one. And, mm-hmm. like, that concept seemed a lot more novel before a pandemic forced us all inside <laughs> to only interact on social media, basically. It's no longer all that interesting. No, go on.
1: I mean, except we had video chat, which I think is helpful in telling when people are lying to you. True. Um, So, I would categorize this game as kind of like it's Survivor, but it's all social game and you're blindfolded. It's
3: catfishing- The reality show.
1: So some people will be catfish. Some people will be themselves genuinely. You obviously can have group chats or solo chats with people. You don't know. You can have an alliance with someone. You have no idea who else they're hanging out with or what's going on behind the scenes. And the prize is $100,000. So the stakes are pretty high for a lot of these people. It's It has been such a joy to watch. I'm so glad it's back. And I think this season, if you enjoyed the first... It's still, you know, pretty much the rules of the game haven't changed at all. There's a couple of twists here and there, but pretty much the same, except this time around, these are people who have watched the first season. So strategy is extra. Um, But And it's so much fun because Angela and I watch it together and we'll be, you know, doing our own strategies of like, well, this person should do this and this and this. Like it really is a good show to watch with someone.
2: I, cool. I haven't watched it but i heard this season has one of the contestants from season one of too hot to handle which i love yes and she's she's my favorite
1: yeah she well, was she's, fantastic i've got two favorites she's yeah she's one of the, she's so entertaining to watch yeah and what I really enjoy about this show is you start watching it and you're like these people are fucking insufferable. <laughs> um, but the more that you watch you really get to know these people because they're just talking to themselves the entire time. You get really attached to people, particularly, you know, if they've got an engaging, you know, home story um, and they might be catfishing so there are reasons to be lying. Uh, morality is sometimes a bit iffy but you're engaged in the reasons why they might have to do what they have to do. It's, it's very good. So, if you need a reality show to watch, um, definitely recommend this one.
3: I'm still following a few of the contestants from season one on social media and stuff like that as well. Oh, you? Funny how, yeah, yeah. It's funny how some of that has lasted too into like post. I don't usually do that. I'm not usually that fast and like following all of those people. So, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to watching season two.
1: Yeah, nice. Well, yeah, I definitely recommend. Okay. So, the next thing I want to talk about is it hasn't come out yet. Filming hasn't even finished yet. But it is something that I and many fans like me have been dreaming of for years and years. It is Real Housewives (laughs) All-Stars has begun filming (laughs) and it's something that you like, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? But also how? How would they manage this? So, it's not actually Bravo that are making it. And, Brod, I'm sure you know this, Bravo, uh, who make all of the Real Housewives shows.
3: Sure.
4: Yeah. Common (laughs) knowledge.
1: Yeah. It's being made by Peacock, which is obviously NBC's online streaming service. I think it might be a good way for them to get their uh, reality fans out there to hop on their streaming service. So, they're making it. And all of the Real Housewives, which obviously I follow on Instagram as well as a bunch of like different podcasts and people on Instagram that I just only talk about Bravo, they're all releasing a bunch of promo photos and videos and it's very exciting. So we have (laughs) a few ladies. We've got from Atlanta, we have Cynthia Bailey and Kenya Moore. Now, would I have chosen Cynthia Bailey? She's not the most exciting housewife but that's okay she might bring some balance because the rest of fucking psychos all right and we have <laughs> <laughs> from new jersey we have Teresa judice or judice depending on what season <laughs> you're watching um and her sister-in-law melissa Gorga from new york we have ramona singer and luann della seps i mean the new york these two new york queens that are coming are amazing new york queens Sorry, I've been talking about RuPaul for too long. These two housewives, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they are queens, sure, um, are incredible and they always bring the goods, particularly in vacation episodes. Uh, We have from Beverly Hills, Carl Richards, who it's no surprise we're only bringing one housewife from Beverly Hills because of... Fucking sucks. Um, so all of the ladies, they have flown them out to Turks and Caicos. And those who have watched New York know that this place is where amazing drama happened. It's a paradise. And they kind of bring hell to paradise each and every time they go here. So they're going on vacation together. They're all living under one roof, being filmed. There's already lots of gossip out there that there's been a fight between Teresa and Ramona, which sounds fascinating to me because these two women having a conversation just is, it blows my mind. Both are terrifying narcissists and each of them have a tenuous grasp on the English language. So, it's just going to be insane. It's kind of like, I don't know, if two Let's say Lizzie McGuire having a conversation with Thanos. Like it just... <laughs> like those two things don't and exist you, in the same world, but here Hillary they Duff do. Hillary Duff is
3: going to make it into the MCU one day. <laughs> it's going to happen.
1: One day, one day. I um, will will it
2: into existence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. We're just going to start that letter writing campaign now. Um, yeah, so I can't believe my dreams are coming true. I don't know where it's going to be airing in australia i would assume hey you but if it's peacock i don't know it might be binge because they sometimes get nbc stuff have to wait and see um but let's be honest i won't wait i'm gonna as soon as it starts airing i'll be watching it no matter what um <laughs> but yeah this is oh, this is like what's that show that you've been waiting for for ages bro? the Graphic novel one. Last Man Standing or X-Man Does Cool Stuff.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why The Last Man or just The Last Man? Why The Last Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, this is it for me. Like, I cannot believe that this is being made. I'm I'm about to jizz in my pants. Anyway, that's... The difference
3: between... (laughs) the real housewives all stars and why the last man is that you've got a fairly good idea of what that's going to look like mm-hmm. the problem mm-hmm. with like La- with the last man is like i've been wanting that to be a tv show forever because i think it could be a good tv show mm-hmm. there is no promise that's true <laughs> 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 zero <laughs> in fact, i remember reading- probably going to be shit
2: i remember reading why the last man and being like this has to be made into a movie and like now in the intervening years i'm like there have been so many similar type shows yeah. that I really can't be fucked anymore.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of getting to that stage myself, actually. Yeah. I've just been hurt so many times. I actually remember mm. reading this original. There was a script for a movie originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I That leaked online somehow and I read that and it wasn't all that flash. I was like, just scrap the movie. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Then the TV show. I don't know. I don't know where I feel about that now. I don't know.
1: <laughs> That's all I have for reality check. Bro, Did you have you been watching anything other than RuPaul or is that it for you too?
3: That's it for me for reality check. That was a very long reality check. That was uh, possibly the most epic reality I'm so check proud. we've had. I'm so happy. Uh, but you have been watching one other thing, I believe?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I've been watching Shadow and Bone, uh, which is a Netflix original. It's based on a book series. Um, I just, I don't know, Angela and I were in the mood for a fantasy. So like you know what, let's pop this on, and the trailer looks really good. So I hopped online, checked out the reviews, which were, I'm gonna say middling at best. <laughs> but I was like, let's give it a go. You know, it's it's aimed at teens, and sometimes they get harsher reviews than other shows. So I might actually really enjoy it. You know, female protagonists love all that shit. So mm-hmm. popped it on. Um. And I was watching it and it's got so much potential, right? Like there's so much lore there. The concept is really cool. Um, I just wish, I guess, the people making it took it more seriously. Like I guess I wish they didn't see it just as a teen show. I... Kind of was hoping that they would infuse it with genuine human emotion and interactions in between characters.
3: What you're asking for far too much there, Damascus.
1: <laughs> you're right, I'm sorry.
3: Expectations are way too high. Yeah. Genuine human interactions and emotions. <laughs>
2: <'Cause> I'm <laughs> sorry. Seen such an elitist. I've seen people like posit this as like Netflix's Game of Thrones.
1: Oh, I mean, it, it could have been. Like, that's, I think that's what's upsetting is. I'm not saying that because I see that, oh, if they just made a slight change here or a slight change here, it could have been Game of Thrones. Like I think it needs like new people behind it to kind of take it there because what we have a – because I guess in Game of Thrones you have stock characters but then what they do with them is far more interesting um, than what you would ever expect. And like I said, they infuse it with that genuine human emotion and interactions and there's real stakes there. What they do is they take those stock characters and leave them there. And so you always know what everyone's going to do. Um, all they do is speak intentions to one another. So there's nothing really hidden. Um, yeah, it's it's all it's so plot heavy. They skip over on character. And I think it's really unfortunate because I was so in the mood for a fantasy I mean, don't get me wrong. I finished it all. I was like, well, I have to, <laughs> I have to know how this ends. Um, so I-, I watched it all. But, yeah, it could have been so, so much better. But as soon as we watched it, we wanted some more fantasy. So then we just started watching The Witcher, which we haven't finished season one yet. But it makes mm. The Witcher feel fucking amazing. Like, I started right, watching that and Jesus. I was like, this is really good. <laughs> that makes me
2: not want to watch it in any way because The Witcher is a fucking mess. That's I sure.
1: really like The Witcher. <laughs> It
2: made I'm me it. me not wanna watch a show where Henry Cavill gets his clothes off. Like what <laughs> the actual fuck
1: <laughs> I think it helps with the Witcher. I've been watching it with captions, which makes it so much easier to follow. <laughs> like and it is super episodic, which I didn't expect. I'm talking about the Witcher now of Yeah. Um super episodic, yeah, which I kind of am enjoying. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm liking it. I'll see it, see where it goes. But so far, The Witcher is winning over Shadow and Bone.
3: Uh, I believe they announced this week as well, Netflix, that The Witcher Season 2 will definitely release this year. I'm not sure if they've announced a date yet, but it's definitely mm-hmm. coming this year. So good time to catch up on The Witcher, uh, but not catching up on Shadow and Bone, apparently. Are you tempted <laughs> at all to read the book that um, it's based on?
1: I think the book could be good, but I don't have fucking time for that.
3: Too much TV to watch.
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: Um, is that it? all you've been watching?
1: That's it, buddy.
3: All right, I got a couple of things. This episode's running long, so I won't keep us too long. Uh, one of the things I have been watching the Apple TV, sh- uh, Apple TV Plus show Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet had a new. Bonus episode come out um, recently called Everlight. If you don't know what uh, Mythic Quest is, it's based on like uh, a game studio that are developing a hugely popular MMO called Mythic Quest. Um, this is this Everlight episode is their second standalone episode after Quarantine, which released in May last year. You remember last year when we were all in isolation? There was sort of this. Um, the phenomena where all these TV shows and even TV shows that haven't been on the air for a while were doing like one-off episodes or isolation quarantine-based episodes. And Mythic Quest was the one show that I saw that did it really, really, really well and sort of got to the heart and the feeling of um, what. It- what we were all going through at the time. I thought it was really, really excellent. The first season of Mythic Quest I enjoyed mostly. There was a one standout episode in particular. Sometimes it felt like a pretty generic sort of like workplace comedy other times though. However, the plot of this episode is basically everyone's coming back into the office to start work again post-pandemic. They talk sort of generically about the idea that this was a shit year last year and we're trying to celebrate that. So they have this holiday called Everlight where everyone dresses up in costume and plays fantasy characters and they have a big tournament that's going on. I won't go beyond that. But what I was impressed by with this show is again it seems to be doing what I loved about the quarantine special episode where it's really, really narrowing down on character and on emotion and there's a real optimism in the show as well behind some of the cynical characters And it's starting to remind me in the best way possible of Community. And you know Mm. how much I fucking love Community. But Megan Gantz, who wrote on Community famously in Season 2 and 3 and then left. Well, and in Season 4, once Dan Harmon was fired. And then, anyway, lots of stuff going on there with Dan Harmon and Fallout and blah. Not good stuff. But she's a great writer. And this episode was also written, actually, by Ashley Birch, who... He's a great online comedian and she plays one of the tester characters in Mythic Quest as well. And, yeah, it's kind of like this show's version of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which I talk about as often being my favourite episode of Community. Mm. Um, and because it it's willing to do some fantasy stuff to play with genre... I, I think it's really good. And season two of this show is premiering this Friday, um, May the 7th. That might be just before or just after we release this episode of Off Topic Hot Topic. And I'm pretty excited. I get the feeling this is a show that has the potential to hit some really high highs and grow after it's pretty good, but, you know, a little bit bumpy season one. I'm mm. um, Apple TV Plus, man. They're making some good stuff.
1: They really are. Every time I watch one of their shows, I'm like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And then it turns out to be way better than I ever expected, if not outright fantastic.
3: That reminds me, actually, I'm not sure this is... When did this happen? Ted Lasso Season 2 has had a... It's announced it's coming this year. I might have a release date announced actually as well. Yeah, right. Uh, 21st of April. So definitely bet- since the last time we did uh, an Off-Topic Hot Topic episode, uh, Ted Lasso Season 2 is coming July 23rd. There is a teaser trailer out there for that now as well you can watch. Uh, that was, that's been one of the best shows we've reviewed in a very, very long time. Apple TV Plus, just killing it. Have you seen any Mythic Quest, Paul?
2: No, I haven't watched any Apple TV Plus content. Um, Wait, you haven't seen Ted Lasso? No. And the the problem with Apple TV Plus is that the way that I have my setup of my TV and like everything, I need it to either have Chromecast support or mm. a PS4 um, app. If it doesn't uh, have right. either of those things, then I literally can't have access to it. So Apple TV Plus has that huge barrier that I can't li- I literally can't get it to my TV.
3: That sucks. Uh, I'm really sad for you because you're missing like I, Ted Lasso alive. Really
2: I really do want to watch Ted Lasso. I might have to uh, be dodgy.
3: I think I think it's worth it. I think Ted Lasso would be happy with that. He yeah. would believe. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, Smithy Quest, Raven's Banquet, uh, season two premieres Friday, May 7th on Apple TV+. I also saw, as we mentioned earlier, the new... Mortal Kombat movie. So this is based on the long-running video game series. Uh, there's already been two Mortal Kombat films. Uh, the original Mortal Kombat in 1995, which is a bit of a cult classic for being fucking terrible, but also kind of campy great. For a long, a lot of people mm-hmm. could still consider that to be the best video game movie there is, just because it is so much fun. And then Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I think it mm-hmm. is, was the sequel, mm-hmm. which is awful. And mm-hmm. has some parts of it that are so bad that make it funny, and also just so bad it's bad. Unfortunately, really can't watch this. This is a reboot of that series. Um, brings one of the things that the original Mortal Kombat, which I quite like, didn't have was really good action or choreography or violence, which Mortal Kombat <laughs> is sort of known for being super gory and and very very violent. That's something that definitely Mortal Kombat 2021 has. Increased violence, better action, more blood, and occasionally shocking uh, gore. I will say, though, I don't think it was filmed or edited that well. Um, While the choreography might be good, it's hard to tell amongst all the quick-cut editing. Mm -hmm. Um, That really frustrated me. And otherwise, except for the gore, I thought it was frankly boring and very, very bland. And (laughs) just some... Awful, awful writing. The reason that Josh Lawson's Kano, which is who we were talking about earlier, stands out in this film is that he's the only one who's having any fucking fun in this movie. Mm. And by far and away, is having the most fun. He is chewing the scenery with his ridiculous, over-the-top, ochre australian Kano. All these fuck years and new beauties and all that sort of stuff the whole way through. But doing a really good job of it. He's genuinely entertaining. And everyone else around him may as well be fucking cardboard. Mm. And the plot doesn't help because it's su- it's super like lore heavy. Some people have talked about it being like prequelitis. The- one of the major sins of this film is Mortal Kombat is about a fighting tournament. And it's all about trying to stop the tournament from happening. <laughs> like there are some great fighting tournament films. Like that's It's an excellent conceit for a movie. You work your way through it, you have your highs and your lows. It's like a sports film. We talk about sports film being amazing all the time. Mm. instead, this is all about the bad guys are trying to cheat to win before the tournament even happens. And so the rest of the movie is the characters explaining who they're running from, why, what this Mortal Kombat tournament is, but never going there. And characters are just literally talking plot. Like there are multiple scenes of characters looking at images on walls, either, you know, those classic like pinboard, um, string sort of like FBI uh, murder, whatever, sort of like conspiracy theory boards talking about what Mortal Kombat is. And then there's another scene later on where characters are looking at murals on a wall and talking about what Mortal Kombat is. And it's like, they couldn't think of a better way to discuss this stuff. It's, I understand that people are enjoying it because it, it feels more faithful to what the characters look like and their like famous moves and catchphrases and stuff. But beyond, beyond that, this movie is f- a fucking slog. Like, mm. how can a Mortal Kombat movie not be having fun apart from one character?
2: I don't understand. That's a I shame. Lo- I loved it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I had so much fun in this movie. I would well, love- like say that's a
1: real twist, but it never is. is. it never, <laughs> no, it is,
2: never is. I... I Love the Mortal Kombat franchise, the original '95 movie. I've watched a million times. Yeah, I, I like the, that film the, too. The, the theme music, which thankfully they did bring back in a dubstep in remix. It's a terrible at the end.
3: remix, though. Just uh, stick it, to the original. I liked it. I liked it. And, um, it misses the best part of it, the like it doesn't get to like, the, the real meat of that song, it just cuts <laughs> it out completely.
2: Um, Ugh. well, I had a lot of fun, I thought this film knew how goofy it was. Um, I, I and yes, it was taking itself way too
3: seriously. The Josh first Lawson's seven minutes, in a
2: lot, he's in a lot of this movie, <laughs> he is, and yes. he is, he's very funny, he's very funny. Um, and like it, the, I thought the visuals are cool. There was like some cool moment, like action moments that I think, like you know, Sub Zero freezing a guy's blood and then stabbing him with it. Like that's um, that's awesome. Like I love that's <laughs> what I come to a Mortal Kombat movie for. Someone getting sawed in half by a hat. That's, that, what, that, I, that's that what I bit, come to a Mortal Kombat movie
3: for. That was the highlight of the film, by a, <laughs> apart from Josh Lawson, by a mile. Like, it's the yeah. one fatality in the whole thing I'm like, that was fucking sweet. The problem I have, the reason I think that one stood out, though, is because it was the one of those things you're talking about that wasn't in the trailer. The mm-hmm. trailer has all the catchphrases that people are there for and all the the cool moments. The Freezing dagger thing, the blood, Mm -hmm. freezing the blood, that's in the fucking trailer. All of them are in the trailer, basically. And what I always think as well as this is like, I just think we deserve better. Like, as a Mortal Kombat fan, (laughs) to some degree, I know it's not a highbrow thing, right? But those games are having fun with their plot. It's campy, and this should have been campier. Mm -hmm. And if... I just think too many of the characters were taking it or the actors were taking it far too seriously and not having fun. The opening 15 minutes is trying to be this serious samurai movie sort of thing. And, you know, if you want to do that, fine, but commit to it. Or that's also the thing as well. If the violence is what you're there for, go and play the games. If If that's the only reason you're going to the cinema, yeah, you're going to be satisfied, I guess. But there's all the nothing in between. They spend the majority of this film in this bland underground temple, just doing nothing, training to get their magical abilities that make no sense in why they appear, when they appear. Ugh! Oh, just someone do some work, please, on a writing side of it. Just do a little bit of work going <laughs> to this. That's all I want. I think you're just happy like it because it's from South Australia. You're just yeah. <laughs> standing up for South Australians. <laughs> Filmed in Adelaide.
2: Um. Uh. I think we'd be remiss to mention, seeming this is a TV podcast, that one of the best things that have has ever come out of Mortal Kombat is the live action tv series mortal kombat conquest i don't know if you remember this used to air on channel 9 never after, heard of it used what? to be david letterman mad tv and then this at like two o'clock in the morning oh. and it starred oh. and it starred <laughs> oh. christiana christiana loken from like the terminator from terminator 3 mm-hmm. and i don't know if you either of you guys have seen the roger and hammersteins cinderella with brandy Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like that. The guy that plays the prince is the main character in this as well, and it was produced by the WWE network. So all the uh, minor characters are played by wrestlers. Sure. Um, And it fully commits, if you love that, the techno theme song, like the entire show is scored to that like pumping techno soundtrack. Um, This already
3: sounds better than the movie I just watched. It is
2: so (laughs) cheesy and fucking shit and so good. I've got the DVD sets here. (laughs) Um, And um, yeah, it's like the main guy is obviously an Asian American, but his stunt double is of lily white guy you can tell every time
3: amazing <laughs> um
2: amazing. and sometimes so like sometimes the female stunt doubles are played by men and you can tell it's just <laughs> so good it's just so good so i would highly recommend at least doing a youtube wormhole on mortal Kombat conquest
3: i think i'm gonna have to okay. that sounds Far more interesting. All right. This episode is going long. I was going to talk about a couple of games I've been playing, but I'll save that for the next time on the Dialogue Options podcast <laughs> instead. Uh, Paul, thank you for being on the show. What have you got coming up? What's next for Swapcast podcast?
2: Okay. So our last episode was uh, a review of a Mexican body swap called Locas por el Cambio, um, which was a terrible movie, but hopefully an entertaining episode talking about it. Um, and- I enjoyed
3: it. I'm just about done listening to that episode. It's been good. Uh,
2: uh, good. Um, and the next movie we're going to review is the 2004 Nicole Kidman, Lauren Bacall film Birth uh, about a woman Ooh. whose husband dies and then comes back as a 10-year-old boy. And then um, Nicole Kidman has creepy times with the uh, with the boy. So that I was should say, be a fun Lucy one. Lucy
3: seemed thoroughly terrified by the idea of having to watch this film.
4: <laughs> yeah, fair
2: enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that should be a fun one.
3: Excellent. Where can people find you on social media?
2: Um, Just search Swapcast Podcast on pretty much everything. Um, Make sure you follow us on Instagram. We uh, recently did an episode on the Shaggy DA. So we did um, dog doubled gangers of all of us and post them on the Instagram, which is quite fun. Um, And other than that, I, I... often post pictures of the men in our films without shirts so um, something for everyone
3: (laughs) (laughs) excellent Uh, we'll have you back on the podcast at some stage I'm sure we need to get you back on for a review episode Uh, don't know what it'll be yet it's not going to be upload season 2 I'm trying to think if there's anything else I mean I
2: am watching Invincible um, but okay we could
3: do Invincible when we get to that that sounds cool we might try and get you on for that Uh, we'll be back with our next review episode The Sopranos season 5 have you started watching season 5 yet Demas
1: No, of course I haven't brought. I've been putting it off.
3: That's all right. (laughs) Neither have I. So there you go. Looking forward to that. That should be out next week. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good night,
4: everybody. And so.